Hello and welcome to episode 24 of Design Curious Podcast. I'm your host and mentor, Rebecca Ward. Today on the podcast, we have a friend and colleague of mine uh, who is local to me, Lindsay Chelberg, and she is out of Modesto, which is not too far south from where I'm at in Sacramento. And uh, she has had her business, LHK Interiors, since 2004, and she specializes in custom residential design with a lot of experience in kitchen and bathroom models and I've seen her work. It's just beautiful, beautiful work. And she's just done so many remodels. I've uh, coached her a couple of times on raising her rates because she's just slammed for work because she does such a great job, but she doesn't charge enough, in my opinion. So I'm going to talk to her about that again. (laughs) And so she strives to exceed her customers' expectations to build a relationship that will last. And I think the coaching goes both ways. I learned a lot from her, even in these um, two episodes, I broke them out into two parts. So you'll hear it today in episode 24. And then again, in episode 26, she just has so much wisdom. You'll find out that she is a mother of, I think, five children. So she has to have all her ducks in a row in order to have a be running a successful business and a successful household. So, without further ado, let's hear from Lindsay. You're now listening to Design Curious, a place where you, creative one, are here to learn about what it really is like to be an interior designer. And I'm your host and mentor, Rebecca Ward. If you're worried about how to succeed in a creative career, if you're ready to learn your next steps to become an interior designer, And if you want the satisfaction of doing something you love every day, you are in the right place. Grab a coffee, a notebook, and let's dig into today's episode. All right. Well, hi, Lindsay. Thanks for being on Design Curious Podcast. It's great to have you. Thank you. Great to be here. And why don't you tell our audience um, where you are working out of and the name of your business? So I am Lindsay with LHK Interiors, and I'm out of Modesto, California. So I am about two hours south of Sacramento. Okay, great. So what we are here to discover is how you got into interior design, if it was something that you grew up knowing that you wanted to do, um, or if you fell into it later in life, or what was your story? So no, I did not always know I wanted to be a designer. I thought I was going to be a criminal prosecutor until my senior year and took a decorating and design class sort of right as we were starting to apply for colleges and ended up going down to San Diego State to get my bachelor's and major in interior design. Wow. And I felt like, I mean, I was one of those kids that always rearranged my room and didn't, mm-hmm. you know, I had that, that art side, um, that creative art brain, but no, didn't think I, I would follow that path for a career. So I was a little nervous when I got my bachelor's in case I wanted to use that general ed. If I didn't like design, started an internship at a firm down there in Solana beach and just absolutely loved it. And, and kept wanting to learn more, um, learn the business side of it. And then two years after I had graduated, moved back to Modesto where my family was and I was about to get married. So 
thought, you know what, I should just try this on my own and start my own firm. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so I was engaged. Uh, My husband and I were, were just about to get married. I knew I wanted kids. So, so kind of my original thought was, you know, I can work as much or as little as I want. Um, I juggle kids when we have kids and make my career as part-time or full-time through the seasons. And so that was definitely a learning. uh, (laughs) Didn't quite turn out the way you envisioned it. (laughs) You know, it took me a long time to, to have it to learn things so that it could turn out the way I had envisioned it. And mm-hmm. I feel like I'm, I'm getting my bearings. I've now owned my business for 18 years, which is a, a long time. And my oldest is 14. And how many kids do you have? So I have five ranging okay. from four <laughs> is my littlest and 14 is my oldest. Aww. So definitely a handful. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot to juggle between yes. having five kids and another kid, which is your business, I think. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. And, and, you know, when people would ask me about having so many kids, I kind of joke that assembly lines are the way to go. You know, Mm. if you're whatever it is, I'm like, just assembly line them, you know, it'll be perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, It took me a long time to figure out that I should be assembly lining my business. Oh, yeah, I did not have the processes. I thought, you know, we go into a kitchen and someone wants a kitchen remodel. Why was I reinventing the wheel every Every time time. I walked into a kitchen? Yeah. And so it did take me a good handful of years to get those procedures and those processes in play and treat every job. Yes, their project was custom and they were always one of a kind. I always wanted their design to be one of a kind. However, the paperwork should not be. <laughs> right. Yeah. The processes are always the same every project. It's just the individual components that you are using for the design change. Right. Right. When the kids, well, my oldest, my littlest is still little, but when my oldest was little, I felt like I was working way more hours than if I just worked for a different design firm. You know, if I just, or any job. I wasn't putting in the nine to five. I was putting the kids to bed and then I was going back to paperwork and getting up early before they got up and, and still working and answering calls. I think beside the paperwork and procedures and getting those just really figured out, I also needed to set boundaries with my clients. Mm -hmm. I almost pretended like they were the, you know, those clients were the only ones in my life. I didn't, I almost acted like you are so important. Don't you worry. I don't have family at home. I don't have baseball games and cheerleading and gymnastics and, you know, different things on the weekends that I'm going to, I would like duck into the car and call them back. If it was nine o'clock on a Saturday. Why? Yeah. Just at their beck and call. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, someone getting into design or new, new in the business, whether they're working for someone or going out on their own, just really figuring out that, where do you draw the line? If you want to work Saturdays, that's completely okay. But what day are you going to take, you know, is Monday your yoga day instead of going to the office at 9am and how to just really 
be clear. Here are my boundaries. This is my personal self. I'm not giving that number out. <laughs> if there's an emergency, how can you get a hold of someone? And you know, most of the time in design, there are no real emergencies. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That happens. Clients think that it's an emergency for them, but really it's not like a life or death situation <laughs> can be resolved between nine and five, Monday through Friday. Right. Because you're freaking out that you picked the wrong shade of white. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> So there's a couple of things I wanted to ask you more about. You went to school for being a criminal prosecutor. What was that about? Well, okay. So I thought I was going to go to school. And um, right when I had to declare my major, I decided, you know what? That is not what I want to do. I really wanted to go into a creative and just kind of, I guess, for me, a more enjoyable career. And so Right as I declared my major, I thought, you know, I'm going to try interior architectural design and see where that goes. So, okay, yeah. interesting because they seem kind of far away from each other. So it was in, you know, that you would kind of lean towards criminal prosecution initially and then pick a completely creative career at the end of that. So I think because I liked to argue when I was younger, everyone said, oh, you should be an attorney or you should be a uh, lawyer. You know, I just kind of always heard that. And I thought, okay, I don't like to argue with anyone other than my family. (laughs) (laughs) So, and in high school, I had, I had taken a uh, kind of an intro to decorating and design. Oh, okay. just loved it. And I, I had, um, yeah, I had already started looking into colleges. I guess actually it was um, my senior year that I decided instead of going into law, I wanted Mm -hmm. to go into an art or, you know, an interior design type of career. So I started to look and yeah, I, I decided for me, I wanted to get I'm from Modesto area in California. I wanted to get kind of as far away beach town, stay in California, started looking at where that degree was offered and Mm -hmm. headed down to San Diego. Okay. Yeah. I had San Diego in my sights as well for a while. So (laughs) So you enjoyed the program down there. Yeah, I did. It was a great school. At San Diego State, we had to do a, I don't remember if it was 100, 200, you know, a handful of free hours. Back then we did the free internships. And so I started interning at a design firm in Solana Beach. So it was just, I don't know, I guess about a half hour north of where I was at, at school. And at the internship, it was so great. I, I felt like we get thrown into so many roles because it's just kind of, you know, the designers are busy. They're like, okay, you know, start organizing the tile library or the fabric room or the binders and and you get thrown so many different aspects which is so great and the firm that I worked at was working on a restaurant in Hawaii and no one in the office knew how to use AutoCAD or SketchUp well SketchUp wasn't even around back then but no one knew how to use AutoCAD and everything was hand drafted And here, you know, I come in as just learning AutoCAD and they're having me design a bar and 
it, it was just amazing I, to work on things that I wouldn't have. But then what I realized is I didn't see any of the business side. I didn't mm. meet with clients. I'd call through the tracking list of where materials and fixtures were at, mm -hmm. but I never had anything to do with how those items got put onto the tracking list. Oh, okay. Or really learned about what vendors, you know, it would say, okay, this is a Pindler fabric. So I'm calling Pindler because the number's on there, but I didn't really know anything about the vendor. I right. didn't know the different fabric, you know, what which fabrics went with which companies, what showrooms you could go to. So although I felt like I learned so much, I learned a lot about a little or a little bit about a lot of things. I just, yeah. it almost was too much in too short of time. And, and, and I lucked out. I mean, I know some people finish their internship and, and then head, head back to school and leave the internship. And I got asked if I wanted to stay on. And so oh, I worked. Nice part-time while I was finishing school. So that, that was great because I got to keep learning and, and, you know, really expand my knowledge, but still didn't really see the business side of the firm that I was at. Right. Oh, that's unfortunate. How big was that firm? It was the owner, the principal designer, and then one lead designer and one assistant designer. Oh, Okay. Lots so of not the size of my firm. So I'm trying to, trying to think about it for our interns' perspective. Like, I mean, we usually do try to take them in um, with all the business side and on meetings and stuff like that. But I can see how when you're really busy to just throw the intern out, like what you immediately need, and then you're not giving them the variety that they actually should get while they're there. Mm -hmm. And with this design firm, it was open open to walk-ins. I mean, we didn't get oh, a lot of walk-ins, yeah. but pretty much I manned the front desk or womaned <laughs> the front desk. Yeah. And so I saw the clients come in, but I wasn't involved in their meeting. So mm. I didn't hear how the presentations went. I didn't oh. go to job sites. I, I didn't get a lot of involvement in that portion of the firm that I was at. But most of the time, we didn't have the phones ringing. We didn't have people coming in. So then I was getting to kind of get my hands on helping with some of the design and pulling samples mm -hmm. and that kind mm -hmm. of thing. That's good. Did you ever ask to be involved with any of the meetings or to I, learn a little more? I did. And so she'd try to let me kind of come into never out of the office. So I never got to see the job sites. Mm -hmm. um, but if there weren't people coming in and if there weren't tasks to do, then she started to kind of let me be in the room and see what was going on. But I just never really saw the projects from start to finish and how the whole process went. And I look back and I don't think I knew what to ask. I don't yeah. think don't I know realized what, don't what know. I was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize what I was missing. And then yeah. um, I moved back to Modesto area and started my firm and realized, huh, now I'm the, the lead meeting the clients for the first time. And I sort of, I felt like I knew what I was doing in, in the design mm -hmm. world, but uh, I don't think I really knew how to 
and finish, right? How to navigate it the whole way through. So at the beginning of owning my own business, it was a lot of trial and error. And, and I hadn't met any mentors yet. I hadn't, you know, podcasts weren't really around Mm -hmm. back when I started my business. Wow. Yeah. It was harder (laughs) before all this, these great resources. (laughs) Right. Uh, That's why we're here though. Um, Yeah. Another thing I was going to ask you was you mentioned how with your kids, you developed an assembly line of, you know, getting out the door and all the things you had to do. And did your brain automatically transfer that into your business or did it not? And then why do you think it didn't if, if not? Yeah. So I definitely, you know, when I had the first child and didn't need assembly lines yet. You know, it's kind of the same with when you have your first client and you're trying to figure out, okay, what should the process be? And then you add a second client and a new project comes in. I realized very quickly that I would sit at my desk staring at a blank Excel page and thinking, okay, we're working on a kitchen. What do I need for a kitchen? So then I'm listing out, we need, okay, we need what are the drawer fronts going to be? What are the doors? Oh, wait. Okay. I forgot what type of hinges are going to be on these. Um, and then on my spec list, it would, you know, my Excel page, I'd type in, okay, we need outlets. Well, the island's a different color. What we need a line for that. And the third project would come along. Okay. <laughs> it's a kitchen. I'd sit at my blank Excel page and went, why am I typing this out again? And so I think just really realizing, yes, we're going to customize each project specifically to that client's needs. However, we don't need to customize the paperwork every time. Mm -hmm. So not only did I start realizing, okay, yeah, I was quickly smarter in my processes and realizing, okay, I need to save these Excel pages. But then I started putting them into the operations manual so that anyone in my office could at and at the beginning, I didn't have any staff, but I thought if I had an intern myself, how would I even tell them how to open up the blank Excel page, how to name it, how to copy and paste it into a new file? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, what's what's that folder even named? I mean, that's, mm-hmm. I had at one time, one employee and two interns, and I realized everyone wanted to name folders very differently. And yeah. at one point we were working with, three women that were relatives and all had the same last name. And one of those women had two houses that she owned on the same road. Well, if you don't have a process to how to save those folder names, like we would never find each project that we were working on. You know, it's like, okay, where's Kathy's? Where's Ashley's? Well, why is one under the first name and one under the last name? And so I think just with all of that realizing I can't sit and handhold every person that comes into my office to help me. And so making sure that that, you know, assembly line concept is on the operations manual mm-hmm. and being utilized, you know, as best as possible. Right. Right. Is there an operation manual for kids? Like, sometimes, I mean, so you like did the assembly line, brought that into your business, but then reversing it because sometimes you feel like you know, you need that manual for your kids. <laughs> yes. 
Oh my goodness. I wish there were one for the kids. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and there should be, and it would be different with each. I feel I have to come up with a different parenting style for each personality Mm. for each of my kids. Mm -hmm. And my littlest just started TK. So she's four years old, just started TK. And I have not figured out, I guess, if she is a bribable or a threatenable child. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, how do we parent? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of parallels though, that you can drive that because even presenting to a client or selling, you know, because we sell is a huge part of our, our company is that we're selling product or selling design, but each client's going to receive it or want to receive it in a different manner too, based on their personality. So it's kind of understanding your clients, like the way that you're understanding your kids. (laughs) Yeah. And so I actually have two clients. One is an attorney. She loves billable hours, loves them. She loves how detailed we write them out. She loves paying them. And the second we put $1 of markup on product, she is, she'll fight us. I mean, Mm. fight us on the bill. Like, oh, why did you... And it's not that she's cheap at all, but she bills hourly. That's how she wants to be billed right. by us. That's and what she understands, yeah. Right, right. And and I have another client that is a real estate agent. He gets paid on commission. He hates seeing our billable hours. <laughs> and he's like, Lindsay, just put it in the product kind of basically has told me just hide it in there and send me the bill. I don't want to see your hourly listed out. And, and, you know, it's very much a juggle of, okay, wait a minute, who's running the business. Am I going to let them run my, you know, tell me how to run my own business. But it's also, if he doesn't want to see, so I have learned just to do kind of a package price for him. Mm. I don't tally up every minute. He doesn't feel nickel and dimed. Whereas We never do a package price for our attorney client. And we just list everything out. Every minute I spend on her project, she is billed and she is happy to be billed for it and see it. She really just wants to see that detail. So it's, yeah, no same size box for anyone. No, (laughs) no, there's not. (laughs) So as you started growing your business, do you grow your business and your family simultaneously? Basically, was there a point where you're, you thought maybe having kids were being put on the back burner or that your, your business was taking too much of that bandwidth in your life that you need to set some boundaries? Yes, definitely seasons of sometimes I felt like I was neglecting clients and they were kind of getting frustrated with my timelines or, or neglecting the kids. And they were getting frustrated that, you know, maybe I was at that baseball game, but I'm answering emails on my phone or just not being present. Mm -hmm. One thing I really had to do is sit down and figure out what do I want my hours to look like? So working with my husband through the schedule of if I'm drop off in the morning and then he's pick up in the afternoons, just making sure that my staff knows that my clients Now, I'm not going to tell them that I'll call them at eight if I'm dealing with the drop-offs. And then also looking at the schedule of summer, 
if my kids are out of school and I really want to focus on them, I've gotten to a point where I will work really, really hard to catch up on things before summer so that I can kind of take a refresh. And part of that also is a lot of my clients, my ideal clients, they want to spend Christmas time with their families or, you know, the holidays, they want to spend them with their, so they're not contacting me. They're not wanting new consultations, watching my numbers and just my data from the year and going, okay, if August is my slowest time of getting new calls, take that as my own time. Mm -hmm. And so maybe that, you know, it's telling the kids, okay, well, I'm going to work a whole lot this month so that next month I can take some time off and we'll go on vacation and yeah and just kind of planning everything around when my data says I'm busy and when it says I'm not. <laughs> right, right. And that's one of the luxuries that we can have as business owners is taking that time off whenever we decide is best for us. Right. Yeah. I close in December for at least two weeks and sometimes two and a half. I think it's just good for the company. I mean, because like you said, nobody really needs to get, they want to be with their family. Nobody really needs to get anything done between those two weeks. So. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And I mean, isn't that why we started a business? That's, yeah. That was the dream. <laughs> yeah. I think that definitely for me as well, played a part as like thinking this is a career that I could do both like be a mom and kind of present for the kids, not just have them you know, be able to work from home and not just have them in daycare all day and then also have a business for myself. But I definitely would say that it it didn't organically happen the way I thought it would. (laughs) I ended up, you know, having to make up hard choices of being like, okay, do I take this meeting today or tomorrow or should I hire a babysitter? And then, you know, trying to find that good balance between being partly a stay-at-home mom and then partly a working mom was challenging. Yeah. I do love one thing though, is as the kids get older and especially, so for me, my oldest is about to turn 15 and she, her whole life has kind of been drugged to vendors and retailers and vendors and the paint store. And when she walks in, my flooring guys, they know her, they ask her how you know, oh, how'd your last game go? And just um, <laughs> two things that have been so beneficial to see are one, how the older kids interact with adults mm-hmm. because they've been taken into stores and they've, they see that I'm at work. They know they have to behave a certain way. They know they need to speak to adults that they mm-hmm. know or don't know a certain way. And, you know, it was hard when they were young and I'm trying to either pick paint, pick tile, you know, shoot, we leave. And I forgot to pick the grout because one of them starts running around and I'm like, nope, okay, we're done. And we leave. <laughs> But then also seeing that the older kids have pride when they talk about, I own my own business and what their mom does and, and seeing them like explain it to a friend, it just, ah, oh, gets me. <laughs> Oh, well, that's really sweet. I think it's sort of that affirmation that, yes, sometimes I wasn't there and sometimes I was there and not a hundred percent present, but I tried my hardest and then to see them have benefited from it, that 
yeah, just, I don't know. It's nice to see. We all, all need that affirmation sometimes. And for sure. Yeah. As they're getting older, I go, okay, I did something right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're modeling to them, uh, what it's like to be an entrepreneur and owning your own business and finding that balance in life with they're going to have to do themselves too. Are any of your kids interested in following in your footsteps so far? You think any budding designers? <laughs> I don't know that any of them will do design, but one of my sons has talked about being an architect. Oh, okay. And I already actually last market, I drugged my oldest daughter with me. And oh, okay. oh my goodness, she was awesome. I put her to work. She was writing down everything I was finding, what client, she was snapping all the pictures, she was saving it, she was posting on Instagram, you know, all this stuff that I didn't want to do and didn't have time to because I was trying to focus on each client. And um, I mean, I bribed her with a Cirque du Soleil show. And so (laughs) 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 but I thought, man, just the ability to um, just kind of hand her my phone and say, you're younger than me. You know how tick works. Yeah. <laughs> Post something for me. And so it, that was exciting. That was kind of my first, like, oh, wow. Okay. My children are hireable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad job for them to have in high school or, you know, if they're going to college or something, just to be an assistant in the office and helping you out with things. They can learn skills that are transferable, even if they don't stay within the industry. Right. Right. And even through the summer, we receive most of our deliveries at a receiving and delivery or, or the office. However, it's still astounding how much shows up at my house Mm. when I'm not expecting it. Yeah. And so and my son, the tracking figured out, <laughs> start, <laughs> start putting together piles. So I don't know. That's been fun. So we talked about how you had to set more boundaries with your clients as you added more kids, like into the mix. <laughs> Was that hard for you to, to set those boundaries with your clients and to advocate for family time? Or is that something that you struggled with for a while? Yes. And I mean, I can't say that even to this day, I'm perfect with it because I am definitely someone who doesn't know how to say no very well. So if a client, you know, really needs a weekend and really wants an evening or, and if I really want to do the project, I've gotten to a point where I have my boundaries, but if they need a weekend, I'm like, great. So I'm willing to work on a Saturday if I want that project bad enough but the hours are going to be doubled. The rate, you know, my rate Mm. is going to be doubled. And so if that deters them and they go, never mind, we'll fit it into a weekday, then great. You know, I accomplish my goal. But I also feel if they, you know, I'll tell them what time of the weekend or what I am or am not willing to do. And I don't feel taken advantage of because they're willing to pay double my rate. And I feel okay, you know, if they really couldn't make a weekday work or couldn't make my hours work, but, but then at least I feel I'm the one in charge of those boundaries. That's important. Yeah. So whereas I used to just say, sure, I'm available anytime, any, (laughs) you know, and, and I think sometimes too, I feel this, and this might be stereotyping just a little bit, but I feel sometimes as a mom, 
and sort of pretending like I don't have other priority, don't have kids that are my number one priority. And I'm sort of pretending like, oh, I'm this, even though I'm a working mom, I feel sometimes like I have to prove that my career is the most important thing Mm. to me. Yeah. And I mean, the reality, it's not. I mean, my little ones are. Yeah. But I've seen my husband take a phone call with all of the kids in the car. And, and, you know, it gives me a panic attack, just the fact that he's taking a phone call and it might be from his boss. And he's like, my boss knows it's the weekend. I'm with the kids. I'm with the family. I'm going to take a phone call. And he's not going to apologize though. Right. Nice. Well, where can people go to see your beautiful work and all your projects? So my website is lhkinteriors.com. And then also I try to post more current things on Instagram at LHK interior. So interiors.com for my website and could not get the S for my Uh (laughs) Instagram. (laughs) That's frustrating. (laughs) I know if only we could buy Instagram handles, right? Yeah. We'll put those uh, links in the show notes so everybody can go find you, but thanks for sharing your wisdom and insight today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So fun talking with Lindsay, and it's not over yet. We have some more great insight from her for episode 26. So you want to get to stick around and come back in two weeks to hear what else Lindsay has to say. And don't forget, you can Get all of the information about Lindsay, connect with her in the show notes. And while you're on my website on the show notes, you can go to download the three things I wish I had known when I was starting out my career and get on the mailing list for the podcast so it can come to your inbox every week and you're not going to miss any episodes. So reach out to me on Instagram at Design. I'd love to get messages from you, let you know that you're listening or leave me a review and rating on the podcast. And um, I'll look forward to talking to you next week. You'll be hearing the five courses that you need to take to start your career. And um, it was hard for me to narrow it down, I will admit. So, (laughs) Uh, But there's one in particular you're going to definitely want to take. So find out next week what that is. And we'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode, please leave a rating and a review. This helps me reach other curious creatives like you. If you have a topic request or would like to contact me, simply head over to my website, rwarddesign.com or email me at podcast at rwarddesign.com.